Welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name is Kyle Nelson. Why don't you, why don't you introduce yourself today, Eli? Good morning. My name is Eli. <laughs> this is the Biz Bros Podcast. Uh, we got an awesome episode coming to you. We're here in Central Oregon, middle of the day. Mm-hmm. It's uh, middle of June for us. Mm-hmm. Beautiful weather. Yeah. We're got doing good, though. fun Friday shirts on. We do have our fun Friday shirts. I got mm-hmm. some, uh, some flowers and you have... Uh, pineapples. Pineapples. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we got an awesome guest today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, selling and buying businesses. Uh, we have Mr. Andy Cagnetta, CEO of Transworld Business Advisors, the largest brokerage system in the world. Skilled negotiator and recognized national trainer of negotiation techniques. Andy specializes in mergers and acquisitions, valuations, and franchising. He is the man to talk to when it comes time to buy or sell a business. We're always looking at buying businesses, and we haven't took the leap yet. Yes. But this is going to be a cool conversation, not just for our audience, but for us. I'm looking really forward mm-hmm. to picking his brain. So, Andy, welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Eli. Yeah. Yeah. yeah great to great to have. I, you. I didn't wear my Friday fun shirt. I should have. <laughs> I know. We should have. We should have. We didn't you. give you the memo, so it's kind of our <laughs> fault. It's our <laughs> fault. So, well, yeah. As we as before, we jump into that topic, which I think is going to be super fascinating. Love to hear. Oh, a little well, the topic was uh, financing options for a business, yes. buying a business. Yes, that is the topic. Okay, <laughs> just rewind. Love to learn a little bit more about your journey, Andy. Kind of how you are um, uh, today, like where how you got there. You can give our audience a little bit of background into that journey. That'd be great. Yeah, sure. I I kind of started out a serial entrepreneur. I think it was mostly because I graduated from college and no one would hire me. And so I started a couple businesses and I wound up buying a business in Connecticut with my family. Uh, it was a small pasta shop, wound up buying it and selling it. Okay. And in that, pro- in that process, I was like, wow, okay, that's a cool process. You could actually buy a business that's already making money. So I wound up um, meeting my wife at the same time. Uh, she grew up in Florida. She wanted to move home. So when, when I we decided what we were going to do in Florida, I said, maybe I'll buy a business again. Started to look to buy a business. Again, I bought and sold it, never knew what a business broker was mm-hmm. in Connecticut. And when I moved to Florida, visited all these business brokers, for the most part, felt like it was in a used car sales room. And um, <laughs> I met Transworld, and Transworld was different. Uh, the, the gentleman, Don Parrish and his wife, uh, he was a 30-year IBM exec. She was an amazing business broker. They invited me to join the team. I thought that was a great That's idea. Cool. Get to know, get to know the local flavor, yeah. right. and you know. And then I bought the company two years later, and it was crazy. You know, so, yeah, that that is cool. So I, 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 to be honest, I think we're a little foreign of purchasing yeah. businesses. We've started a bunch of businesses. Mm-hmm. Some done good. Some, you know, whatever we've learned from from failures. But maybe like like. If you're someone that's like looking to buy a business, where where do you look? Mm-hmm. Do you knock on the local Little Caesars franchise and be like, "Hey, you selling?" I know there's brokers out there, but I feel like some people like don't even know like, yeah, where to start. Where to start with that? Yeah, yeah I mean, the easiest place to start is the internet, right? And the big kind of platform out there for buying and selling businesses these days is Biz Buy Sell, a good partner of ours, and Biz Buy Sell does a great job of kind of getting everybody to post their listings there. So it's a great kind of place to start to browse. Cool. And then uh, when you're on there, there's a, is there usually a listing price? Or is it usually like NDA? Then you have to like talk to them. Is that how it usually works? Yeah. I mean, you could click on it and find out more information. Right. We'd love you to call Transworld. Uh, we'll, we can usually get any business that's on BizBuySell. 
Uh, but, you know, uh, you can go to our website as well, tworld.com, and, and look to buy businesses. And yes, you know, we, you would inquire, sign an NDA, and then we could give you more details about the business. Got it. Wow, that is so cool. Uh, a few more questions, just preliminary yeah. questions I want to pick at you. How long is the average process? Like from like, okay, I, I have some interest. This is kind of something I could see myself mm -hmm. taking over to like close date yeah. after negotiations. I know every business is different on its size and price and location and all that, but what is what do you guys usually see in terms of how long that takes? Yeah, on the buy side, you're looking at 60 to 90 days, depending if you get bank financing, which could take a, certainly a full 90 days, maybe even longer. Mm -hmm. uh, and, there, and SBA financing is very popular right now. So uh, there's some great incentives out there. Is that pretty? Um, so they, when you're doing like the financing to purchase a business, I imagine they look at the the uh, the, the the businesses numbers pretty well to make sure that it's a profitable company. But like, what do you have to have? Quite the like liquid cash and like liquid assets, like valuation as a individual. Like, does that have to be pretty? Like, how does that all work? I'm yeah, I mean, you have to have decent credit. Oh, right. You know, basically right. over six hundred. Uh, you have to have. And, and it, it varies from bank to bank, but that's a, basically an average. And then once you, uh, it's 10% right down right now. So even on a $250,000 business, $500,000 mm -hmm. business, it's not a ton of money. I mean, right. certainly that's a ton of money, but, uh, you know, as far as leveraging yourself into a business, uh, through an SBA loan, it's pretty friendly. And again, the SBA is backing the banks, you know, guaranteeing the loan for the mm -hmm. banks. So the banks are pretty aggressive in, in right. being able to give people money. And yes, you have to go to the business, get their financial records. Right. And that is going to determine whether or not you can get a loan. Wow. That is pretty interesting. It's something I haven't thought about. And I think what you said too, Andy, is <clears throat> the, the concept of buying a business that's already up and running. Right. It, like doesn't come across my head. No, just we just we think start of starting them yeah. and think about bootstrapping them. <laughs> yeah. But the concept of buying something that's already up and, and running. And then if you see that there's some leaks yeah. in the processes and you're like, I know I can fix this. Mm -hmm. It totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. Cool. So is it kind of a similar process of like getting a mortgage in terms of like the lender, the lender, these are the papers you need. And, and they just pretty much look at the numbers at the end of the day, right? Like seeing does your numbers match the company's numbers and the lender's yeah. numbers and, Yes, you, you, yes, that's definitely. They're going to look at the three years of tax returns plus current financials for the business, okay, and make sure that it's actually making mm -hmm. money, and then do a valuation. And then on the on the personal side, they're going to look at again your credit, uh, your debt load, um, right. and your lifestyle, and kind similar, of yeah. <laughs> How does um until we kind of really dive a little bit more deep into the the topic mm -hmm. valuation. I went to, I had my bachelor's in entrepreneurship and it was like the, the, the conversation evaluation was mm -hmm. so just like broad. Yeah. It was like, sometimes it's like full year revenue times six. And then others like, no, you have to like, there's mm -hmm. like all these formulas. What do you usually see? Or what do you guys kind of practice for that? You know, it's based off profits and profits could be either in two things. If it's over a million dollars, uh, we usually use EBITDA earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, amortization. Uh, and then if it's a smaller business, say under a million dollars of earnings, you're calling seller's discretionary earnings, which includes the same thing, EBITDA plus the seller's earnings, the, uh, their, mm -hmm. their 
uh, salaries, right. uh, their benefits, and then you can absolutely uh, add all that together. Now, the multiples are for small businesses are usually running two to three times okay. uh, that number. And then big businesses could be four or five, maybe even six times. <clears throat> wow. I remember that. Remember that tool we did a long time ago? Oh, yeah. There's just like cool calculation tools yeah. online. Like, I don't know how legit it was, but. You can use gross sales. You can use gross sales as well. It's you know, there's comparables out there. There's databases like uh, Deal Stats and uh, BizComps that use gross numbers as well. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Other businesses and see what they're going for. That makes sense when people are like, "It's not valued at that." They're probably <laughs> using gross numbers. Okay, I get it. All right, sellers always think their business is worth more money. Oh, right? yeah, of course, yeah. I think mine's worth about forty million. Yeah, Most exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they open the hood. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, what's some kind of cool stories that you had? Some cool success stories yeah. of like helping people kind of sell and buy, and maybe even personally with you and. Um, just some of the cool experiences you've had. Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. There's uh, over the years we've sold, you know, thousands upon thousands of businesses. We had a uh, one story I love is uh, a woman bought a company called WeTakeTheCake.com. Uh, she was an immigrant from Canada. Uh, got her visa doing in the process of doing that. Uh, but when she bought the company, it was a small company. Uh, she noticed that one of the uh, one of the customers on her QuickBooks was a company uh, called Harpo. And she's like, mm. Harpo, that rings a bell. And and it's Oprah and uh, Oprah's Whoa. production company. Okay. And so she, she wound up connecting with uh, Oprah and they said, you know, we love your cakes. It was a producer at Oprah. And so we love your cakes. You should be one of Oprah's favorite things. And if you don't know oh, the Oprah show, know. you become yeah. one of Oprah's favorite things. Um, you know, the, the, the rest of the story is, you know, she did very, very well in her business. She, she got two of her items on Oprah's favorite things over the years. Wow. She, bu she built that company and then we sold it again for her. Uh, and so she is, uh, apparently a business consultant, but you know, out of the uh, bakery business, but you know, it's just, it's, it, it, it's, it's cool stories like that. People who, one of my, you know, earlier deals, someone built a company and then wound up selling it to a multinational company. We see that over over time. And it, it's, you know, people buy family businesses and, you know, right. it's 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 really good. Well, so if um, you're, I mean, I, I guess it depends on the size. Let's say it's a company under a million dollars, a small business. And they're looking like, yeah, you know, I've been grinding at this for a few years. I'm kind of done. How long should someone be looking down the road to sell? Like when they contact you guys, what what should they be expecting? Well, it's going to take probably about nine months to sell a business from beginning to start, mm -hmm. uh, at beginning to end. Now, if they want to try to build the value over time, and we talk to people all the time, that's kind of our speech is like, listen, if you could tell us two years before you wanted to sell, right. we can look at your business financials and say, do this, this, and this, you know, stop wasting money here, grow your business before you sell, um, right. you know, work on your inventory turnover, get rid of this old machinery, uh, you know, build your business before, get rid of this one big customer you have and diversify a little bit yeah. more all those things that will make your business more valuable that makes sense it's really cool it's uh, you guys are almost kind of like business consultants yeah if uh, yeah, you know, the, the only thing is we don't dive in and do it right we, oh, we right. can tell you give you a bunch of advice but Absolutely. you got to go back out there and do it. Yeah. yeah 
so true. yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Let's say there's a guy that's like, I want to sell my business for 8 million. That's mm-hmm. my number. And if they gave you a couple years, you guys could help get them there. Yeah. Um, we actually had that story recently. A business called us five years before they wanted to sell. Wow. They actually wanted uh, $10 million. And we told them they needed to get the bottom line to two million. And they said, Will you meet with us once a year until we until we you think we're there? And uh, we just recently sold it. And it was a kind of That's like so a five cool. year process. That's wow. really cool. You like you build a relationship with them, yeah. you see the company grow, you see how the individual Absolutely. grows, and like and then, oh, that yeah. sounds fun. Oh, yeah, That's cool. <laughs> that sounds really cool. I, I always tell people, you, you know, you need to become a trusted advisor in your community. Right. And you know, our community is entrepreneurs and we love them and we you know, want to watch them grow and, you know, so. Totally. Is it pretty common that you guys have kind of like reoccurring customers, people that like buy and sell and flip houses? Flip is, businesses, it pretty, like, is it pretty, do you have a couple like key clients that are just reoccurring, just do that all the time to make their money? So another, you know, we have a couple people like that. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them is Jason Sure. He's bought five companies from us. He wow. bought a security tag company. He closed on the security tag company September 12, 2001. Uh, unfortunately, everybody remembers what happened right. September 11th, and he was buying a security badge company. I don't oh, want to my gosh. What that business grew very large I after that. <laughs> uh, the kind of world changed. The other, you know, lo- I love this story, you know, of, of two brothers who had not met until they were like 20 and 30 years old uh, oh, wow. from the same dad. Uh, got together and they started buying landscaping businesses. They've bought six businesses from us, uh, including a tree service, a florist, a design company, uh, several landscaping companies. And now they're buying a pest control company and they're going to wind up buying another company from us. And they've built this thing to a multi-million dollar business. Hmm. Is it all localized businesses? So it's like under the same umbrella. So they just keep growing. Yeah, it's it's under the same business, and now they're they're actually rebranding it to be this one company name uh, that they can handle all your services right. in your house and make it beautiful outside. So they're doing a great job. They're they're really dynamic guys. Yeah, that's so cool. So like, what's the um? That's cool. I mean, there's like all these different things, right? There's like a normal person going in just purchasing a business. They're just like, I, and then that's kind of what they do. Mm-hmm. Then there's like acquisitions. We come to you and we're like, hey, we need to buy an editing company out there. How, how, what's the process like that? Like for an acquisition versus just like purchasing a company off of someone else. And that's kind of what you do for a living where we would be absorbing somebody. Yeah. I mean, so the, the, the competitive, it, it, the landscape right now for on the buy side is very, very competitive. There's tons of private equity money out there. There's tons of family office money out there. There's tons of buyers that look to buy business. So my advice to anybody looking out, to, uh, to buy a business, you have to be aggressive. So other companies buying other companies, uh, a lot of times, not only do you have to be look at what's for sale, but we can also be hired to do the search for you to go out mm. and find other companies. And sometimes you have to get that aggressive to wind up finding right. a deal. To grab their interest, sense. even if they're not interested in selling. Yeah. But, you know, hey, I got a client. Yep. They're looking to acquire... XYZ looks like you might be a good fit and you just try to get the introduction rolling. Yeah. I, and, and sometimes we approach people and, and the buy side will pay the commission. So we go right. to the sellers and say, listen, uh, we have a client that are willing to pay our fee. Uh, are you interested in selling? And a lot of times that'll spur people on, especially right. when people are doing roll-ups as they call it, 
uh, when you're doing acquisition rollups, a lot of times that's the best price you're going to get mm-hmm. because they have a high incentive for buying your business. They could get, uh, you know, economies of scale right. and they can save a lot of money when they buy your business and add revenue, especially if it's a public company and they're trading at 30 oh, times right. and they're yep. willing to buy you at five times. Right. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm so, that's I'm so very cool. About this. This is cool. How about, um, we talked about acquisitions, we talked about buying. How, how about franchising? I know it's in the, the title of Transworld. If somebody were to, to go out and wanted to purchase a franchise and or start a franchise, how does that work? Like I know like a lot of times I've looked into franchises, yeah. like you gotta have a lot of cash ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So franchising is 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 both starting a business from scratch because it you know you open up a franchise mm-hmm. and it's not gonna make money the first day. However, you have a system that's proven. So right. franchises over the years have done better than individual businesses. Uh, so buying franchises is very popular right now. You're seeing people invest in, and especially hot ones, right? You know, the orange theories of the world, the Dunkin' right. Donuts of the world. You can't even get into a McDonald's without going internally and and buying. Mm-hmm. And and there are multiple, you know, make, major companies that own McDonald's. So you got to kind of gravitate toward the ones that are up and coming if you're a single buyer and you want to buy something mm-hmm. uh and, and kind of start that way try to grab something on its way up and then if you want to start a franchise you have a great business and you want to franchise it kind of the first thing we love we love to see you do is not only have one good unit where you know you're there every day and you're on top yeah. of the employees show us that you can open up another unit mm, right. and be profitable in it and not be there. And it worked because you have good systems. And that's kind of the key to, hey, this would be a good franchise. Much like Transworld, we we expanded through Florida. We have 10 offices, you know, that the, that we own still and operate. And then we say, well, how do we get to Atlanta? We can't fly to Atlanta every day and right. train people and motivate people. So let's franchise. So that's what we did. And now we have, you know, 220 offices across the world. Wow. Whoa. That's okay. That's got to be a, like five logistical headache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and I have a good partner, so I partnered yeah. with United Franchise Group. They own Signorama, largest okay. sign company in the world. They own Fully Promoted. They own mm-hmm. the Great Greek. They own like ten brands now, and wow. Transworld is one of them. So amazing. So, so what did um? So what are some? Because I guess selling your business, it's like a big decision, right? It's like, mm-hmm. obviously, but what are some things that you usually ask some, when someone approaches yeah. you and say, hey, I want to sell my business? What are questions that you ask them right off the bat to make sure that they're actually in the right mindset and they're not just yeah. thinking, I don't know. Yeah, that's exactly why. And yeah. you know, why are you selling your business and what are you going to do afterwards, right? So mm-hmm. usually if it's, I want to cash in, that's usually not a great reason to sell your business. Again, if your business sells for two, three, even four time multiple, the the choice is, do I sell or do I stick around for three, four more years and make the money? Mm-hmm. And if your answer is like, well, I might as well stick around. It's like, yes, you should. You might as well stick around. Go ahead. <laughs> but if your answer is, I'm sick, mm-hmm. uh, I'm burnt out, I want to retire, yep. you know, I have partnership issues. The business is growing too fast and I can no longer fund it myself mm. or I no longer want to take the risk that mm. a bigger business has or I'm having financial trouble because it's not hey. going well. All, the, all, the, all those are good reasons to sell. 
Mm. Makes sense. How many um, out of, I don't know, um, like a sample of like 10 people, how many people tell you that they want to cash out? I would assume that'd be pretty, pretty high answer, right? I think I would think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you walk into a business owner and ask them if they want to sell, every one of them says yes for the right price, mm. right? So, <laughs> yeah, <we say. laughs> and, then, and then you have to say, well, what's the right price? And like you said earlier, I think it was, you know, 40 million or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's probably not going to be the price, but if they have a good reason for it, yep. you know, we can help them. And, and listen, we're more than willing to sit down with people and say, Hey, listen, if you want to sell for $40 million, this is what you're going to need to do. You're going to need to get it up to probably, you know, seven or 8 million right. of earnings. Mm -hmm. And yep. then we could sell you. Makes Interesting. sense. Makes sense. Interesting. So how, uh, I'm curious, just like with the ebbs and flows of just the economy and just like everything going on in the past, let's say 10 years, how does that like, I mean, I, I'm just so curious, like on the, the roller coaster of buying and selling of yeah. just like everything in general. Could you kind of talk about that? Like how that kind of like when the economy is low, the economy is high, what type of like trends do you guys yeah. see? It's a great question. I mean, in my 25 years, it's mostly been a seller's market where sellers can sell their business pretty readily if they're making money. Now, the problem is, is you go to something like 2009 and 2010, all of a sudden, all these businesses aren't making money right. uh, and the banks aren't lending mm -hmm. and, and it kind of flips. I mean, the buyers had a little bit of an edge there. If you had cash in 2010, you could have went around and bought a lot of businesses at a depressed price because mm -hmm. they weren't earning. The, the future was uncertain. And at the beginning of the pandemic, if you were willing to bet in April or May that you were going to be able to, you know, stick it out uh, before people got their PPP money, uh, you could have bought some businesses perhaps mm -hmm. at a bargain. Now, uh, since PPP is out there, since all this money is out there, again, businesses for the most part did pretty well through the pandemic. Yes, fitness companies, Certainly. hair salons. Yep. certainly suffered. Uh, and you could probably get a good bargain in some of those right now, but those are coming back and, and PPP worked. I mean, they expected something like 800,000 businesses. There's usually the 800,000 businesses went out of business last year, 2020. Usually it's about 600,000 businesses. So that was an excess of 200,000 businesses. They thought like five times that would go. Yeah. Out. I was going to say, I mean, so PPP really worked. It, yeah. it, it did its That's job. The e, EIDL, e, EIDL loans, idle loans did well. So, yeah, yeah, no, totally. I, that actually, I was actually really curious about that fact the other day. And like, did these programs, how well mm -hmm. did they work? And then the grand scheme of things, only an extra 200,000 businesses, which sucks for those people, but yeah. that's not bad. I mean, it's not, yeah, I, mean, I, I feel like millions guessed, could have closed easily. Yeah, I would have guessed way worse than that. Yeah, I think they they figured out in 2009 and 2010 by injecting money into the economy works. Mm -hmm. And um, they just thought about it and said, like, OK, instead of giving all the big banks the money this time, right. we're going to try to get it to Main Street and and small. Now, they had some problems the first time around. Uh, and but they got I think they got the money to a lot of good people that kept people employed because mm -hmm. you're seeing people having shortage yep. of employment now. And <laughs> And, uh, you know, now what I think is going to happen is all those baby boomers that yep. have made it through this nightmare are going to say, OK, I've reevaluated my life and now it's time to go. 
And mm. so we are expecting kind of a seller tsunami coming to the marketplace where it may very well flip if $12 trillion of private equity is supposed to trade hands and all these businesses are supposed to sell. Uh, we think it's going to flip to be a, a buyer's market That's in the good. next few years. Well, I have to keep that on, hmm. Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Mark that yeah. One. Because people like at your Wait. age, at, at your mm -hmm. age, right? So you guys are younger than me, right? <laughs> so. People uh, who are young are may have a wonderful opportunity if they're in business to expand their business through acquisition. Yeah. Yep. That is exactly. Uh, I think that's. Yeah. I'm ready. Yep. That's on. That's on the target. Um, Save your money. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, as we kind of wrap this up a little bit, is there any last messages that you kind of have? Any thing that when you get on these podcasts you hope people walk mm -hmm. away with it's a few lines just yeah. kind of keep like your eyes open line. yeah yeah i mean listen i i'm a big fan of entrepreneurs i always tell entrepreneurs that profits are good it's good to make money uh it helps the local economy you know it it keeps the world going around it's good that uh and i always the other thing i always kind of advise people is to get involved in your community i think it's a, a big deal to help uh, promote things like uh, the nonprofit community mm -hmm. and get involved because I, I think that's important too, is that, you know, we're all in this together. Uh, and, uh, you know, not only do we need to support our local businesses, but we need to support our local economy and our nonprofits to make sure that those people are left behind, get a chance to be a part of it. Exactly. Yeah. That is great. 100%. Well, Andy, thank you so much yeah. for, for jumping on the podcast and honestly just being a soundboard for us and letting yeah. us just pick your brain about these things. Cause yeah, um, a lot of people have the same questions too. Uh, so yeah, no, thanks for having me. We're here to help anytime. Yeah. Cool. And if they wanted to find you and get maybe some more information with Transworld, maybe hear more of your message, mm -hmm. where could they find you? Yeah. Tworld.com. We have a, a podcast ourselves, the deal board podcast. Uh, it's everywhere. And uh, we'd love to, you know, talk to you. You could email me directly at ac at tworld.com and be happy to answer any questions. Nice. We may be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to no require problem. some businesses in the next few years. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Andy. We appreciate yes. your time, man. We'll, we'll definitely keep in touch and hopefully have you on a follow-up episode. That would be awesome. Thanks, guys. Great. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Biz Bros Podcast. If you haven't yet, please subscribe anywhere you can find our mm -hmm. podcast. Just type in Biz Bros Podcast. You'll find us. Go on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and go to our website, bizbros.io. Follow us, subscribe, all that fun stuff, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.